That's the wonderful sound of thousands of Virginians speaking up for God's love for life at the Virginia March for Life just a few days ago. We're looking forward to sharing some of those on the street clips from the Capitol rally, as well as perspective on why this issue is so important leading up to the November elections. Welcome to Speak Up Virginia, equipping you to speak up on the life, family, and freedom issues that matter most to you. From the Family Foundation, I'm your host, Candy Cushman, and I'm joined today by our president, Victoria Cobb. Hi, this is Candy, host of the Speak Up Radio Show, and by the time you'll be hearing this, it will be just a few days after our third annual March for Life. But right now in the studio, we are taping this just after the march ended, and emotions are still high, and I just wanted to give us a chance to share what happened today, what it was like, and just really kind of react to that. Victoria, what stood out to you? So much energy. There's just so much energy. These, these folks are excited to be there. They're excited to make their voices heard. They show up with their families. It's just such an amazing scene to look out across the Capitol lawn and just see all these folks that are willing to take this day to really make their mark for the unborn. Well, this is my first time to actually get to participate in the Virginia March for Life. And the thing that really was special to me was just this feeling of solidarity with all these people from different walks of life. I mean, I'm looking ahead of me. There's a parent pulling a couple of kids in a wagon. There's a nun. Um, there's people of all different ethnicities. Um, I, you know, I met people from a church in Newport where we just all started singing a hymn together. And I think one of the things that, that marks the, these marches as different than other political rallies is how young they are. There are so many students in the crowd and they're chanting and they're they're just bringing that energy. And it's just reflective of the fact that every generation is becoming more pro-life. They see the ultrasound pictures that their parents weren't able to see because science and technology wasn't there. But now they do. And they're standing up. Yes, that was so cool to hear them chanting, we are the pro-life generation. And when those of us who are maybe a little older, we're kind of getting a little tired of walking. They kind of, they were the ones who would start cheering again and keep yeah. us all going. And even um, trail life, you know, we had participation yeah. with Heritage Girls and Trail Life, sort of the new um, replacement group for folks that are struggling with the Boy Scouts and those issues. And they were leading the march in their uniforms with the banners. That's what we want to see. That's that's what a Boy Scout should look like. Well. You said there was a lot of uncertainty around this leading up to this. So I'm just so thankful that we were able to do this. Um, but tell us about what it was like leading up to this and how you, you weren't sure if we were even going to be at the Capitol. Well, imagine we've had these two marches, you know, so we had the first and the second march. And then we're getting to this year and our Capitol is boarded up. Our House of Delegates and, Gener and Senate don't even come to the building to do business this year. And so there was just no way to know we were really going to be able to make this happen. And we just kept pushing. We said, look, this is too important to let a year go by. And so we pushed for those permits. They eventually took down the gates around the Capitol. And so honestly, it was just that much sweeter that we've sort of overcome these things. And we knew there was going to be some folks who weren't comfortable in a crowd. We understand that. We knew there were some folks that maybe weren't going to feel comfortable getting on a bus. So the crowd might look different this year. Yeah. Now, I got to hear you give one of the opening speeches, and everybody loved it. There's a lot of uh, crowd interaction. Um, but one of your main points was that we've gotten to the point in the state where we are now funding Planned Parenthood. We now kind of have a taxpayer-funded slush fund for them. Tell us about the point you made. Yeah. to the audience today about that. It's just incredibly devastating. You know, for a long time, our General Assembly was great about making sure that funds never came out of taxpayer dollars and went to something so controversial like abortion, or even to people who do abortion, And even though they sometimes claim that the money doesn't go towards that. We all know, you know, that if the money flows to Planned Parenthood, it's going to help the abortion business. And now we've got 
$6 million that are is absolutely coming through our state budget. And I think, you know, the, the thing I told the crowd is Virginians don't support this. And even Americans, you look at the polls across the nation, over 70% oppose taxpayer funding for abortion. So this shouldn't be happening. Yeah, let's just listen in a little bit to you talking about that. Do you know 70% actually over 70% of Americans oppose paying tax dollars to the abortion industry? And that's what our governor is doing with our state tax dollars. Yeah, so we've actually seen polls come out for a couple of years now showing that not only the majority of Virginians, but nationwide over 70%, like you said. Don't, that's one thing they can all agree on, even if they're you know, Democrat or Republican or whatever, liberal, conservative. The majority of Americans are agreeing that they don't want taxpayers to be forced to fund something so controversial. Is that kind of what the feeling is? Yeah, there's, it just makes no sense. If, the, if this is something they believe in, it's super controversial, there's no reason they need to be funded through our dollars. I think everybody sort of has that general like, yeah, OK, you, you know, even if people are pro-choice and they think that this is somehow OK, they still understand the depth of the controversy and people's conviction. And that a lot of people, it's a, it's a conviction based on something as important as this is human life. I mean, this is not like a mild opinion that people have about this. Yeah. Thankfully, people are still uncomfortable today with compelling, you know, forced support of something that goes entirely against your convictions or your conscience. So that is a place where we can find a land on to start connecting dots and having common ground with people on this issue. Um, But let's talk about the next speaker, um, some highlights from her talk. She followed you and she was a, um, they were the co-host for today's event, right? Tell us about that. What were some highlights from her? Yeah, we're thrilled to partner with the National March for Life folks. And um, Jeannie came down and just her perspective looking at it as a national issue is really helpful because she came right off, you know, recently there was the California March for Life. And she shared some good news about how that impacted the efforts in the legislature from pro-abortion folks. So just hearing that we're not alone, that other states are marching, it just gives you that that feeling like you're part of something much bigger. Yeah, and I really liked her talk because it was so interactive. You know, she had people responding to why we're there, you know, why we are here, why we still march. Let's listen into that real quick. Will you march for that day, hopefully soon, when abortion becomes unthinkable? you march so that one day soon we no longer need to march. So it was really neat to hear the audience responding that way. And one thing that Jeannie shared was um, that it's so important to change hearts through sharing our stories. And she invited everyone to continue doing that using the hashtag why we march. So if you're hearing this today, and you have a story that has to do with protecting an unborn baby in the, in the womb, or you've experienced this issue personally, um, you have a testimony about that, um, be sure to share your story. Again, hashtag why we march. And then another thing she shared is um, really speaking out on this whole Planned Parenthood slush fund issue with our state. And she gave a way we could text to get alerts. And that was texting VA March. That's V-A-M-A-R-C-H, V-A March, to the number 73075. Thanks for tuning in if you're just now joining us for Speak Up Virginia, brought to you by the Family Foundation. For more information about us or the topics we're addressing, you can visit familyfoundation.org. That's familyfoundation.org.
Well, I wish we had time to feature every single speaker that was there, but let's just, for the sake of time, talk about a few of our favorite highlights. You know, there were a lot of pro-life elected representatives there that I was glad to see. Uh, One of those was Delegate John McGuire, and I really loved what he had to say because he talked about his personal story about being abandoned as a child, spending some time in foster care, and how God really redeemed that story. But of course, he wouldn't have that chance if, you know, he didn't have a chance for life. Um, But I loved when he said, God has the final word. Absolutely. And, you know, even just there was another delegate there that was adopted. And when you just realize how many people have a story that their mother chose life and under hard circumstances, that's powerful. Yeah. And then, of course, we've got to mention uh, Mallory from Susan B. Anthony Liz. What's her last name? Yeah, Quigley. Mallory Quigley. And she, I mean, she just did a phenomenal job just to, I mean, her... Her talk was really about how we're in a moment, and I think people are. There's a lot of hope around this moment for pro-lifers, and just recognizing we've got things at the Supreme Court. There's just a lot going on, and she just said, "Look, we don't want to. We don't want to continue down this train." And she she highlighted that, you know, we're we're honestly when we have late-term abortion here in Virginia, we're really similar to China and North Korea. And her point was like, "This is not where we want to be. This is we've got a moment to turn this thing around." That really made me think we don't want to go down this path where we're like this totalitarian state that is forcing women and just completely devaluing human life as a matter of state. I don't know. That just kind of woke me up more on that. Um, But what I want to dig in a little more. Why do you think we are at a place of hope in this moment? Because we have so much extremism with celebrating abortion in, in the state. So why do we still have hope right now, too? Well, we have hope because, uh, I mean, we, for the first time, have what we think is a pro-life Supreme Court. So there and there's a legitimate case that could wind back the, the, the precedent that's been set that has put us in this situation where Virginia is allowed to make such terrible laws. And so I think we see that pro-lifers feel like we might be at a tipping point. Well, another thing that was so powerful was we had the last speaker kind of wind up on her personal experience with abortion. I really think that was that was a good thing to have and to kind of wrap everything up with. Tell us a little bit more about her story. She has an amazing story. She's my old neighbor and it's crazy because I didn't even know who she was. She was down the street. She knew who I was because she was about to join the Planned Parenthood board. She had had two abortions. She was a fighter. I mean, she was on the pro-abortion mantra. She was the person who was touting it and she was passionate about it. And what she talked about is how she had did all that to cloak the pain because she was post-abortive. She literally like took up the cause because she was hiding all the grief and shame that she was feeling. And then uh, she didn't share this at the march, but oh, the Lord met her while she was under a tree one day. And he said, I am the giver of life. Can you imagine? I mean, just literally having this encounter with God and everything turns around. And so she shared a little bit about that, but um, just... Amazing. And that's Leslie Leslie Blackwell. Blackwell, and just she's just now a great voice for so many other women who have gone down this road when they didn't know better, when they weren't given good information, when they didn't have support, and and she now shares her story to help people find healing. And I liked how she ended her story with, and this is why I'm silent no more. Um, so that was very inspiring to the rest of us. And I think that's the name of her organization. Well, as yeah, well. there's a very powerful, it's uh, an organization nationally that's called Silent No More. And it's about women being willing to share their stories to help other women come out of that place of darkness and, and loneliness when they don't want to talk about the hard things that they've gone through. Yeah, let's just hear Leslie as she concludes her talk. 
remember that only healing happens when we tell the truth because we can't live a lie and live in peace. The truth will set you free, and that is why I am silent no more. God bless you. Well, after the rally, then, we all, we marched around Capitol Square, and it was really special. But at the end of the day, Victoria, what is your biggest takeaway from all this? What do you hope people, you know, just kind of sticks with people? I hope people remember that today was the first day of early voting season, meaning today is the first day they can take this voice that they've now had at the Capitol and they can literally go to their local registrar and vote for a pro-life candidate for governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, the House of Delegates. They That is the loudest, most important thing they can do is act on what they've been talking about here today. And of course, we're recording the day of the march, but when you hear this, it is still open for early voting. It, it will be. Yeah, there's about right? 40 days that yeah. you can go and show up at your registrar and place that vote. And that's that's the most important thing you can do for the unborn. Yeah. If, if we want to restore the dignity of human life to this state, please exercise your civil responsibility and educate yourself on where the candidates stand. Well, before we started off on our march, there was a very special prayer from Dr. Brian Autry, executive director of the Southern Baptist Convention of Virginia. And I think we should just go out on that note with him. Um, he used Psalm 139 in his prayer and just kind of set us off in the right spirit on the march. So let's just sign off with that. Your eyes saw my unformed substance, and in your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Lord, we do not need a court or legislators or any of our mere peers to tell us what human life is. Your word has told us. You are the author of life, the creator. You are indeed the finisher of our salvation in faith. Thanks for joining us for this week's Speak Up Virginia brought to you by the Family Foundation. Visit us at familyfoundation.org. That's familyfoundation.org. See you next time. And don't forget, we are stronger when we speak together.